welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 51. Why fear isn't always bad. I'm intrigued. You are intrigued? Yeah, because everyone always tells you that fear is bad. Well, like, not that fear is bad, but like, you have to overcome it. You can only, like, fear itself has a stigma. Yeah. I had another title for it, too. What? Uh, what nobody else will tell you about fear. Hmm. I I hear that title, but I will raise you the thought that I think a lot of people don't even think of it this way. So it's not that no one's telling you about it. They just haven't had this perspective on fear. Oh, okay. Either way. It's Maybe they be, have. Maybe there's a million people that have. They probably are. <laughs> Big week ahead. I know. Technically in like, what is it? Six days from when this podcast comes out. Super Bowl. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Okay. First of all, what? no, no, yes, no. Yes. Six days from this day that this airs is Valentine's Day. Oh, well, which is the yeah. Monday after the Super Bowl. That's after the Super. The Super Bowl's first, and then there's Valentine's Day. So I'll get excited about Valentine's Day after the Super. Valentine's Bowl. Valentine's Day is on first of all on a Monday. Okay, I'll come back to that. Valentine's okay. Day is on a Monday, and mm-hmm. usually, if it falls on like a off day, like if it's a Monday, for example, you'd celebrate. On the weekend? On the weekend, which technically the day before that is the weekend, but it's the stinking Super Bowl, which we I love We celebrate football, so. on Friday night or Saturday night, but we're definitely not celebrating on Sunday. I know. I think all, all women are very aware of that. I love sports. I love football. I love the commercials for the Super Bowl, but it just kind of It's a week me. later than normal. That, I Because so. I've never, I think they added a week to the season. Maybe that's why. Uh, next, the week after next, we'll do our favorite uh Super Bowl commercials. Oh, yeah. That's always my favorite. I'm I'm, I'm marketing I'm excited about Valentine's Day, too. Are you? I was just kind of teasing. But I'm also, I I love the Super Bowl. We're not big. Like, we we do Valentine's Day, but we're not like. No. I don't get like dozens and dozens of roses or. No. And you you may not be this way, but I'll be honest. I'm just too practical for it. Like, and I'll do it. I will do it. Do what? Flowers? Yes. The only flowers I think I've ever gotten from you, you've picked from the farm. That's not true. I have bought you flowers Maybe many times. Come on. They're like the come wilting ones. On. No, they had to be on sale at Kroger. And then you're like, That's oh, not true. Look, I got That's you these carnations. <laughs> the, that is not completely just true. Don't look at the I dead do. Ones. I much prefer picking wildflowers for you. Not <laughs> Which, just because they're free, but I, I think there's. That sounds very romantic. And it was the first like 15 times. And then I realized, mm-hmm. huh. Remember, he's doing this? we were dating. I picked. A, a variety I saved. So I started like in early spring because there's different wildflowers out at the farm depending <laughs> on the year. It's starting in February. We'll get some in February. You get daffodils and then there'll be wildflowers throughout, really through August. And I picked all throughout the year probably 25 different types of wildflowers and put them in a book for you. That, that was really sweet. Christmas. And you pressed them and they were pressed. pressed. Yeah. yeah. Really them. sweet. And we Pepper's first flower you ever gave her, I pressed it and put it in a frame. I Super cute. Rose that but I anyways, yeah. you could occasionally buy me a, like a peony okay. or a... Uh, here's my deal. And we got to move on. We have more important <laughs> things. I don't, I don't like the pressure of Valentine's Day. I don't, I don't like being told that I have to express my love to you on this day. <laughs> That's like saying I, I don't like Christmas because I hate to be told I have to give you gifts on Christmas. It feels different to me. I don't know why. I just think it should be an extra, like we go out to a meal. Like it's just an, a fun, it, to me it's just a chance to be yeah. like, oh, this is a fun day. And I do enjoy going out. I, 
but I don't like the lines and the weight that comes. I, I, for Valentine's Day, I'd rather grill a couple really nice steaks. That's what you want. <laughs> no, I, Lord, I'm y'all to help me. Love to myself. Help me. Oh okay. my gosh. So you need to fear for your safety in the next week or so. So let's just go yeah. ahead and talk about what or why fear is it. Do you want to talk anything about the Super Bowl? <laughs> I'm good. I feel like we spent all of our time on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Super Bowl? No, I am excited that it's two teams, you know, a little bit different than, you know. I'm waiting for you past. to say the name of one of the teams. He says it so wrong, I think. The Bengals. The Bengals. <laughs> and the Rams. The Bengals. What do you call them? The I think Bengals? they're the bang, bang, Bengals. B, it's B-E-N. Bengals. You're saying like Bing, like Bing Crosby. It's Bengals, I think. I don't know. Y'all the, let us know. <laughs> this po- Wait, this podcast is starting. It's going to be a real interesting <laughs> next 15 We're or so minutes. We're spicy today. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, that was a riveting Super Bowl conversation. So let's just do something more valuable. I'm cheering for Matt Stafford for you a couple reasons. Sorry. <laughs> Lord. I have, to, I have to process this thought before I can move on. Uh, number one, because he's a Georgia boy, which yes, that's Go dogs. you can tap into that. And then the second part was he was with the Lions for so long, and they had such little success. I feel like we're all watching. The Bengals him like, haven't had six, much success either. No, but Stafford's been in the league a long time okay. with a lot of losses, and it would be really cool to see him. It, I just kind of feel like he deserves it. That's cool. Yeah, he's got a sweet little family too. Yeah, he all does. right, for They've real this time. Okay, for real. Let's talk about fear. So uh, here's the idea. All right, let me, I'll set this up. Most of the time when people talk about fear, what they talk about is how do we overcome fear? How do we conquer fear? How do you, you know, not let fear control you? Uh, how do you push past it? Again, all that is good advice. But I want to encourage you today to do something that maybe nobody's ever encouraged you to do before which is to pay attention to it. I actually think fear gets a really bad rap. And I think that fear is often, uh, it is a light on the dashboard. It's not necessarily a stop sign. It's not telling you stop, go in a different direction. But I, I, I think it's a sign. Not always, yeah. Right, it is a sign that you should pay attention to something. So I, I'll get into that. But I'll tell you how this, all this came up for me. Recently I was... Uh, sharing some thoughts around um, fear. And I was sharing these thoughts with the church. So um, I, I used a biblical example of Moses. And so whether you're familiar with the Bible or not, you've probably heard of Moses, right? And so, you know, Moses is called by God, uh, according to the Old Testament, to uh, free the Israelites from 400 years of slavery with the Egyptians, Right. So I was using that as an example about fear because it's interesting. God calls Moses to do this, appears to him in the burning bush, all of that. And Moses' initial reaction is fear on two levels. His first level of fear is external fear. He talks about, well, what if people don't believe that you sent me, God? And what if this happens? And what if that happens? It's external. It's circumstances, which is where fear almost always begins externally Mm -hmm. in your circumstances. But then if you keep reading his story in the book of Exodus, the fear goes to another level, which is internal fear. It's a deeper, darker fear. So it moves from what if something goes wrong to what if I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. And this is where he starts spinning off. He's talking to God and he's talking about, you know, I don't, what if I'm not gifted enough? And, you know, what if I'm, 
don't have, you know, I'm not gifted enough in speech. He uses that as an excuse. And so he's got all these different kind of levels of fear that are developing, which was fine. But the thing that jumped out at me that I'd never really noticed before was when you kind of ask about, well, why is he, why is there so much fear for Moses around this, this whole idea of being used by God in this leadership role to free the people from slavery? The, the reason there was so much fear for Moses, I believe, is because he was also extremely passionate about this. Mm-hmm. The whole reason that he's in the desert when he stumbles onto the burning bush is because he's on the run. He's on the run because he killed an Egyptian, because he saw an Egyptian doing something unjust to one of his fellow Israelites. Mm-hmm. And he burned with anger. He reacted out of that anger and he killed the guy. So now he's on the run. So this is a cause. This is a a movement, this idea of his people being set free after 400 years of slavery that he is very passionate about. So that's why there's so much fear around it. This is why I say you should pay attention to your fear because I believe, get this, I think fear is often a mask for passion. Hmm. Like when you think about the things that bring up fear for you in your life, it's because it's attached to something that means a whole lot to you. Okay. So I say, hey, when you have fear, instead of immediately going to how do I overcome this fear, how do I numb this fear, which, by the way, is one of the worst things you could do, um, besides going to how do I get rid of the fear, how do I numb the fear, how do I push through the fear, it's stop and pay attention to the fear because it's probably telling you that this thing that you fear, this circumstance that you fear, these people that you fear are important for some reason. Or you really, like, you know, if you talk to people about things that they fear often, one of the first things they'll talk about, well, I fear when my kids might make a bad decision or they might. Why? Because you care so much about your kids. You care so much about their future Mm -hmm. that, of course, you have a lot of fear when it comes to your kids. Okay. So I think fear is often a mask for passion. So, okay. Um, You're probably going to get into this, but so I say, and I think that's probably true like 95% of the time, well, probably all the time. Like if I say I'm fearful that my health is going to deteriorate because I have an illness, mm-hmm. you're passionate about your life, like yeah, having health. life, being alive and being there for people. Um, so I, I get that. So what? I guess you're going to help me understand, like what do I do with that? Because I can have that acknowledgement of, yeah. oh, I'm fearful for this, but I, could, I once I acknowledge the what I'm passionate about, that doesn't take my fear away. Right. Yep. So let's talk through what I, what I think you should do initially okay. with fear, all right? Uh, I'll give you three steps, all right? Step one is just this, acknowledge the fear. And here's my what I put in parentheses in my notes, without freaking out. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge the fear. I think we demonize fear too much. Like It's like when you tell yourself, don't eat the chocolate cake. What are you consumed with? The chocolate cake. Thinking about that chocolate cake, right? We work so hard to avoid fear or numb fear, um, and it ends up becoming the thing that we obsess about. And I think when we numb it or when we try not so okay, acknowledge it, right. So if, if you don't acknowledge it, it's so much bigger, I think. For sure. You know, like I, I think about a couple times in my life where I had a humongous fear. I didn't say it out loud ever. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, my last relationship, like I feared divorce because I thought everyone would be disappointed in me. I'm a, you know, huge failure and everything. Right. And I had Mm -hmm. that fear. So I didn't, 
I didn't say anything. I knew I didn't want to be with this person when I was engaged to this person, but I so feared letting everyone down that I just, I let it completely consume me. I said all this to say, had I had the courage in that moment when I had that fear to say it out loud to somebody who I, who cared for me, yep. I wouldn't have made that, like my fear would have never, the bigger fear would have never happened or come right. true, right? right? So it's like, I think speaking it takes away so much of the scary part. And I know some people's fears are even bigger than that. Um, like it's hard to sometimes verbalize it to people, but I just really think it takes away the power. Yeah, it does. I think it's so important to acknowledge it because if you don't, it's going to, it's going to flow out of you. That energy, that fearful energy is going to come out of you one way or the other. Yeah. So acknowledging it is key. There's a, um, I know you've read the book, Big Magic mm-hmm. by Liz Gilbert. Love it. It's Big a phenomenal magic. book on, if you do anything creative and you haven't read that book, you should read that book. But in it, she writes a letter to fear. I want to read that letter. It's yeah. a little bit long, but I just think it's genius the way she writes this. Um, she wrote this, Dear Sphere, creati- creativity and I are about to go on a road trip, and I understand that you'll be joining us because you always do. I acknowledge that you believe that you have an important job to do in my life, and you take that job seriously. Apparently, your job is to induce complete panic in me whenever I'm about to do something interesting. <laughs> and I may say you are superb at your job. So by all means, keep doing your job if you feel you must. But I will also be doing my job on this road trip, which is to work hard and to stay focused. And creativity will be doing its job, which is to remain stimulating and inspiring. There's plenty of room in the vehicle for all of us, so make yourself at home. But understand, creativity and I are the ones who will be making the decisions along the way. I recognize and respect that you are part of this family, and so I will never exclude you from our activities. But still, your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat, and you're allowed to have a voice, but you're not allowed to have a vote. You're not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to um, fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you're not even allowed to choose the freaking snacks. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. Then we head off together, me and, cre- me and creativity and fear side by side, side by side forever, advancing one more into the terrifying but marvelous train of the unknown outcome. I love that. And that's so good. I love it because I, if y'all know me, I'm like, I obsess over things creative. I just, I've always loved that. My dad's a designer. And since I was little, I've just Mm -hmm. kind of been surrounded by someone thinking of ideas and being artistic. And anyway, I love that because as you guys have probably heard this quote a million times, creativity takes courage. And if Mm. you have courage, that means you are fighting fear. And so I really think in that side of, fear when it alongside creativity is so like you, I don't know that you can totally, maybe, maybe you can, I can't be fully creative without having some fear Sure, because you're start creating means you're bringing something from nothing, right? Yep. Like in some way, shape or form, you are creating something that is very vulnerable and vulnerability often is supplemented with some fear. Yep. But I love that. It's like, it's not saying I can't have fear in my life. It's just saying you can't drive the car. Yeah. It's acknowledging it. So, Cause here's the, here's the big thing that most people don't, don't realize. You think there are people out there, you look at these people who do amazing things, big things, the kind of things you want to do, right? And you're like, oh, wow, like, I, you're like, 
I could never be like them because apparently somehow they've figured out a way to live their life where they have no fear. You've probably said that about somebody before. You're like, they have no fear. Mm-hmm. That's not true. They do have fear. The difference is they've acknowledged that fear. They've said, hey, you're here in my life. You're in the car, but you're not going to drive. It's good. You're not going to send me on a detour. And so the difference between people who go on to do big things is not that they don't have fear and you do have fear. The difference is they choose to push past that. They choose to acknowledge it, but not let it drive, Mm. not let it make the decisions. So that's step one. Just acknowledge it. Again, without freaking out. Yeah, just make it known. It's there, all right? Step two is identify the source, all right? So, and the source is what? It's, it's your imagination, right? Where does fear come from? The answer is it comes from us. Mm-hmm. It comes from our own minds, our own imagination. And it's important to remember that as humans, we've evolved to a stage where almost all of our fear is self-created, it just is, right? And and we scare ourselves by imagining these negative in, you know, outcomes to activities and experiences. But just because we imagine these things happening doesn't actually mean that they will happen. Or that if they do happen, that they'll be as painful as what we think. Right. Right? Because fear is all about what might happen, not what will happen. So here's a little exercise, all right? I'm going to give this to all of you listening, like especially if you're struggling with something right now that you fear. Start by, just take a piece of paper, write down everything right now that you might be afraid of doing. So afraid of leaving my job, afraid of going back to school, afraid of talking to my spouse about where our relationship currently is, afraid of asking for a raise, so on, whatever it might be, right? Take a piece of paper, write down everything that you're afraid of. Once you've completed the list, I want you to restate that fear in the following format, all right? Write this down on a piece of paper. I want to blank, and I scare myself by imagining blank. I want to blank, and I scare myself by imagining blank. So, a couple more examples, and I'm turning it on you, okay, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start my own business, and I scare myself by imagining that I would go bankrupt and lose my house. Or I want to talk to my husband about our relationship, and I scare myself by imagining, imagining that if he knew how I really felt, that he would want to leave. Okay? So, I want to blank, Jordan, and I scare myself by imagining blank. You just said I want to blank, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went to I'm hug, there. Jordan. Okay, so you made me do this earlier, so I, I have it written down. Yep. Um, I want to live a life with great purpose, and I scare myself by imagining that I just settle in something that I'm not extremely passionate about and fulfilled in, or that I never find that thing that I really want to do in life. Mm. This is vocationally. Sure. Because I obviously feel very purposeful in being a mom and a wife. Yeah. I like that. That's good. So let me just, do you have another one or is that it? No, I was going to give you the inverse, but if you don't need that yet. Yeah. Okay. So what you did by doing that part of the exercise, by completing that statement of the things that you're afraid to do, you can see how you're the one that's creating your fear by imagining a negative outcome in the future. Yes. Totally. So that whole exercise is about identifying the source, right? The source is your imagination. 
Yeah. Right. You're imagining a negative income to or outcome to what you want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's step two. Identify the source. So fill that blank in. Right. Then sometimes it's not always you, though, do you think? Or is it always you in your brain? Like it's always you in your brain. But what if like it's happened to you before and you have like an experience that was like, I did this before and this happened. Yeah. It's, it's still, still your fear that something's out. Of, yeah. Okay. It's still your imagination because there's no guarantee it's going to happen that way again. Mm-hmm. History doesn't always repeat itself. So that right in that moment, it's still living in your imagination. Okay. It's not part of reality or history. Okay. So step three is replace the fearful thought. All right. So here's where we're going to keep going with this exercise because I want you to take the last part of that statement, the fearful outcome, right, that you imagine and transform it into something positive. So I'll use the same examples I just did earlier. Um, Instead of scaring myself by imagining that I'll go bankrupt and lose my house, I'll work hard to do whatever it takes to make my business a success. Or instead of scaring myself by imagining that my husband will leave me, I'll work with him to cultivate greater love and intimacy in our relationship. Mm -hmm. So you see how each of those statements, it flips the fear on its head and it transforms it into a powerful personal vision statement. It's good. Right. So what, what for your exercise, what's that look like? So I said, instead of scaring myself about not having a life with great purpose, I will work to discover things that I'm passionate about and find small ways to get involved in more tasks that fuel that feeling until I find something that I can actually commit my life to. Perfect. See, so what happens in that moment, and I like in your case where that's a very real fear, I'd, I'd keep that very present before me, whether that's journaling on that regularly or writing it on an index card and putting it up in the mirror. But but what happened when you did that is it takes it out of your imagination of the worst case scenario, right? And it turns into a powerful, positive, personal vision statement that you can now actually do something with. Yeah, whereas fear, is it's absolutely like backtracking. Like it, totally. it has nothing, pro- what is the word I'm looking for? It doesn't progress you in any way. No. In fact, it takes you backwards because all you're doing is fearing when you could be taking action. And you're playing it over and over and yeah. it keeps you paralyzed, right? And I would say even if, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. That's right. Even if your fear doesn't have like a tangible, oh, I can do these things and then it goes away as far as like, there's a lot out of our control, right? Like mm-hmm. I could technically say, oh, I'll go find that job that I'm really passionate about. But sometimes it's your fear of your health or it's a fear of, a, a, you know, a relationship of, you know, a kid that's, you don't have any contact with anymore. So there's not a lot of like control. Like I would say these things that I'm thinking in my brain of like, here are the things that I can do. Sometimes it's not tangible of like the outcome is not super attainable, but I would say these answering these questions, especially the second one, here's the things that I can do. It's for your own mental health. Like I will choose to assume the best about yeah. blank. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's almost, you have to shift your mindset even when you can't control the outcome. Um, it's, it's a mindset thing. It's instead of overreacting and doing this, I will shift my, you know, and it, I'll do this. Yeah. yeah. I, I think part of the reason it's so important is you can't get rid of a fearful thought simply by not thinking them. All right. The law of replacement dictates that you can't replace something with nothing. You have to replace it with something, right? So you just don't, you know, you tell somebody, just don't think fearful thoughts. Well, they can't replace something with nothing. So you have to replace it with something. And the something is that vision statement, Mm -hmm. right? So when you notice yourself experiencing a negative, fearful, fear-producing thought, replace it with that positive, vision-oriented thought. 
And that little exercise, it, it helps me all the time. And I, I think it'll be really helpful for people. It's good. I think it's, we said like this in, in past podcasts before, but it, you have a choice. Like you can live in that fearful state or you can live in the hopeful new uh, like positioned mind state. And if you think about it that way, you're like, why would I choose the, why would I choose the negative of that? Like, why would I choose fear? And it's because it's easiest and it's honestly probably somewhat biological. Um, but if you have the choice and we have the intention to me, it just seems like such a, it's an easy decision, obviously when you're sitting from the outside, but, um, I don't know. I just, I, I say that to encourage you, like you have two choices, right? To live in it or not to live in it. And if you want to live this full life that we always talk about, like I have to start doing that with things that I fear. For sure. It's, 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 I don't want to oversimplify it, but it's acknowledge it without freaking out, identify the source, which is always your imagination Mm -hmm. and then replace that inside of your mind. It's really good. Um, we were talking about fear as Mm -hmm. as it relates to like creativity with Elizabeth Gilbert. And, um, it reminded me of a lot of times, like our goals at the beginning of the year, um, we have great intentions and then fear creeps in, um, or an obstacle creeps in and it becomes a lot harder hit when it, when it comes to be February and March and April, May and June, uh, January, I feel like is kind of full of like energy and excitement around new things. Um, and then we hit kind of the monotony of your routine. Um, So I say all that to say, if you guys are still interested in Goal Getter, the course that Pete created, um, that really helps you kind of lay a really practical foundation for how you actually achieve those humongous goals in your life. No matter what your goal is, this framework really applies to anything. Um, That is still available to you. Um, The self-guided course is available. The group coaching thing that has that sign up has closed. We're actually already in the middle of it now, halfway it. through yep. the group coaching opportunity, but the self-guided course is still there. So if you're interested, it is the goalgettercourse.com, the goalgettercourse.com goal yeah. as in G O A L. I think it's super important because I do think this is the time of year where people are hitting the wall yeah. already. They're yeah. like, you know, started with all kinds of excitement in January and now it's like, boom. And your tendency is to think there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with the goal or the dream. Yeah. Most of the case, most of the time, that's not the case. Right? It's more likely that it's not a broken goal or dream. And it's certainly not that you're a broken person. It's more likely you have a broken system. Mm-hmm. And that's why the goal getter system, I think, is really effective. It, it you is, know, yeah. in you shouldn't entrust your biggest dreams and goals to chance, yeah, right? Exactly. No, it's super good. So if you guys are interested in that, hit up that website. If you can't remember it, go to PeteWilson.co. You can find it there as well. Um, but I think that's a super awesome opportunity. Ooh, I'm going to go to PeteWilson.co. I actually haven't been to PeteWilson.co. <laughs> yes, no, I haven't. I remember when you were putting it all together, I glanced at it, but I haven't actually been to PeteWilson.co. Well. We've got our stuff together, guys. Don't worry. Like, yeah, I'm going to go check that out right now. <laughs> Good. Um, please do. <laughs> Anyways, that is all, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have a chance, give us a subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Um, and then, obviously, if you guys share this, um, that is super helpful to us. But have an awesome week, you guys. Hopefully, you walk through it with less fear. And maybe not less fear, but a repositioned thought on fear.